0: Hello and welcome to Open Room Talks, a podcast which draws on Open Room events experiencing connecting people to bring you quality discussions between industry experts, innovative suppliers, and high-powered end users on pertinent issues in a variety of sectors. I am Kiana Sapp, and joining me on the show today, I have PDIs Chris Berry, Cliff Duffy, and Mark Carl. Chris joined PDI in 2017 as CTO. She's had a significant impact on the business, including spearheading many initiatives, modernizing PDI's internal infrastructure and processes, accelerating PDI's cloud-based solutions, and unifying the global development team. In addition to her role as CTO, she oversees the PDI Security Solutions line of the business, extending PDI's capabilities in cloud security. Chris has over 30 years of experience and is passionate about exploring the art of the possible and fostering a culture of innovation. Cliff joined PDI following its acquisition of Sybera last year as an executive advisor. After founding Sybera in 2001, he served as the company's president for nearly two decades, architecting its growth and emergence as a leading security technology provider. Prior to Sibera, Cliff held leadership positions at several companies, including Covad, Blue Star Communications, and Ascend Communications. Mark is Chief Security Officer for PDI. Before joining the company last year, he served as CEO of ControlScan and led the continued expansion of its managed security services portfolio. Mark actively promotes data security standards within the convenience retail and petroleum wholesale markets. He currently serves as vice chairman of the Connexus Data Security Committee and is also a member of the U.S. Payments Forum's Petroleum Special Interest Group. Thank you all so much for joining me today.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Great. Well, the theme of today's discussion is centered around maintaining security in the age of rapid digital transformation. Now, pre-pandemic, some companies in the convenience and fuel retail sector were already seeking to digitize many of their services. However, this process has been sped up dramatically in recent months in order to meet new consumer demands. Retailers ought to be proud of what they've achieved. What would normally have taken years, many have managed to implement in only a matter of months. However, the pace of this implementation has thrown up a number of potential concerns when it comes to the security of these new systems. Today, Chris, Cliff, and Mark are going to discuss for you all the digital risks C-stores and forecourts are exposed to, the quantifiable costs associated with threats such as breaches and ransomware, and what steps retailers can take to safeguard their businesses and enable a secure digital transformation. So, Chris, perhaps you could kick off the discussion by laying out for our listeners how the speed at which convenience and fuel retailers are digitizing their services has changed over recent months.
2: Thanks, I Appreciate that. Yes, for, you know, for quite some time, the uh, convenience industry really has been seen as a, as a laggard, right? It's uh, been behind on the tech- technological advances and innovation, and just not seen as the most innovative market around. But certainly, I think the industry has been evolving, and digital uh, transformation has been occurring in this space. But it has absolutely been accelerated with the global pandemic and uh, the impact of COVID um, on on not just our space, but all spaces. You know, consumers are much more tech savvy. Uh, They are increasingly demanding digital experiences. If you look at mobile, for example, there's over 14 billion mobile devices worldwide uh, in 2020. It's almost two per person, right? Uh, Loyalty applications are in leveraging buying data and improving, uh, you know, targeting and personalization. We've already seen a trend in frictionless payments. Uh, you've got, you know, technological acceleration of um, kind of like just walk in and grab food and walk out. And that's, you know, emerging consumer tech that we've seen in that space. So this frictionless payment. And so every retail out there is really going to need to digitally enable their businesses so leveraging workforce solutions that digitally engage their employees. Uh, we'll talk a bit about IoT devices and sensors, uh, and we'll come back to that in a bit as we talk about the volume there. Um, but certainly, I think we have seen technology adoption accelerated by COVID. Um, things like the curbside pickup, right, that might have taken years, has taken months now to adopt. And um, I was reading an article the other day uh, about uh, this digital transformation acceleration and. Uh, the trends right now uh, with COVID, the article was saying that trends have been accelerated by five to ten years. That's been the impact of COVID on on uh, technology adoption and driving the digital transformation. And so, things like it, we talked about that digital commerce, cashless payments, the curbside pickup, retailers have been forced to pivot to meet customer expectations and make sure that uh, you know they weren't left behind. Because if you didn't start to transform and make things easier and much more digital. Um, that is a that is a real threat. So if you look at some of the IoT you know devices as you've you know things become more frictionless and become you know more accessible, you've got devices getting smarter, right? You've got more of them. Uh, so um, all of these IoT devices and sensors are providing real time data from the store. You've got intelligent cameras, you've got temperature sensors. And We have all of these interconnected devices uh, that are storing large volumes of data. Uh, creating big data warehouses to provide analytics, um, using this data and machine learning algorithms to do things like forecast sales, uh, set prices, uh, plan capital, and uh, real estate expenditures. And so um, just really seeing this trend of leveraging data from this large volume of IoT devices that are sitting in stores uh, to um, accelerate innovation, to deliver digital products faster, provide better insight to what's happening at the store what's happening with our consumers and um, you know really just create more resiliency with less reliance on in-store technology so everything is migrating all of these workloads are migrating to the cloud and so uh, that is just really seeing a, a lot of exposure now we'll, we'll call it where this proliferation of IOT has created a lot of entry points into the store creating a whole new uh, security um, risk profile. And so, Cliff, I know we're going to talk a bit about some of the dangers and what can go wrong. And I think with that, um, maybe we can uh, hand this off to you and let you tell us a bit about those dangers with all of these IoT devices.
1: Uh, great. Uh, thank you, Chris. I'd be happy to uh, uh, share some comments there. You know, when, when we think about the dangers of all these different devices, yeah, you know, I think most people envision, you know, security threats and, you know, the risk of breaches. We all hear about credit card, you know, you know data being stolen, and, and that seems to be the the headline news. But actually, you know, I mean, there's a lot of harm and risk to the business, you know, from security with a lot of these other IoT devices. And especially for the convenience and petrol retail chains, there's a lot of uh, hidden risks, you know, as these systems become, uh, you know, networked. You know, if we go back several years, um, you know, in in a retail store, there were only um, a small handful of devices connected to the network or to the Internet. You know, that may have been just, you know, a point of sale system and, uh, you know, maybe a video surveillance system or a couple of other devices. Today, though, you know, as Chris was saying, it's it's sensors of all different types. Petro retail, it's the tank gauges that uh, monitor the fuel levels, uh, uh, you know, in the uh, underground tanks. And some of these systems have risks that, you know, most people just don't even realize. You know, we've seen, for example, um, you know, we saw hackers at one point who were logging into these tank gauge uh, systems, changing the data to say there was no fuel in the ground, which effectively shut down the pumps and made the store, you know, unserviceable. You know, that's a real hidden and measurable risk to, you know, some of these IoT devices being, uh, you know, being networked. yeah, you know, we also see you know a lot of other hidden risks, and usually there's a complexity with all of these devices now needing to be secured. Lately, we've had a lot of uh, you know customers asking us to help figure out what to do with regards to guest Wi-Fi uh, and the risks that come with that. You know, again, it's not just that someone may be able to log in through the Wi-Fi and say you know steal credit card data. But um, you know, we've seen cases where in Europe, for example, there's regulations that require the store or the retail business to be liable for any misuse of you know public guest Wi-Fi. And um and so the penalties for not tracking and managing those users can be very high. On the flip side, if you do track and manage the user data, then you're liable for GDPR. So how do you navigate all the complexity of this and put the right security practices in place uh, while meeting compliance and protecting from a lot of these hidden risks of, uh, of security is, is becoming more and more challenging as more and more devices get uh, connected to the Internet? Um, so I think, you know, I mean, Mark's our, uh, you know, our chief security officer. He, uh, he's the expert in this area. I think he can give some good insights on what what can uh, you know the CSP and petrol retail chains do to protect uh, from these risks. With that, Mark. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate
3: that. Uh, Kiana, it's a struggle to uh, to defend against some of the more sophisticated attacks that uh, we're seeing these days. So, defending our retail assets, you know, when we we look at this footprint uh, across the world, um, it's really not enough anymore to really. Think about preventing attacks and providing defensive measures to keep attackers out, right? And that's kind of how we've traditionally looked at it in years past. It's actually now just as important to make sure you understand when assets have been compromised um, and and that you've got the necessary tools to prevent those threats from expanding uh, within your environment. Uh, For example, if you you entertain uh, some type of ransomware attack at one retail, retail location and you're operating 100, then uh, you want to isolate that to one retail location, make sure you know that threat's there and make sure it doesn't expand to other retail locations or uh, even worse, back to a corporate headquarters uh, uh, or some type of uh, centralized location. Um, And so the reason for this is the threat threat actors have become extremely complex and well-organized and even very well-funded. You know, when people pay ransomware, that goes further to fund uh, some of these attackers and how they attack our assets. Um, and smaller organizations, smaller retailers, don't typically have the necessary infrastructure or even talent really to protect those types of environments. And so, it's make uh, it's important to make sure you get it done right uh, to be able to transform digitally, but be secure about it. You know, and, and if you don't have those resources, it's important uh, to look for partners that can help you with that. Um, so, with the expansion of IoT devices, like Cliff was talking about, it's really more important than ever to properly segment retail locations into separate security zones. VLANs is kind of a technical term uh, that we use uh, in a lot of these situations, but zones is something uh, that most people can kind of get their brains wrapped around. So with proper segmentation, you know, security resources can be focused in on zones that carry the most risk for the organization. Um, You know, there's so many threats out there. Uh, If you can segment and you can focus your security efforts on, on those zones that have the most risk, And that's really beneficial for the organization. It reduces the amount of resources that you have to have. Um, So it's really important, I think, to focus in on this risk-based type approach. Um, And it works both for security and for the regulatory compliance that you uh, you have to meet uh, as a retailer. For example, you might gauge the risk of a segment or a zone handling payment card data as higher risk than others. Uh, When you look at the business costs and the reputational risk associated with losing card data, uh, it's very important to keep a close eye on what's going on uh, in those payment zones, and in addition to securing against our own risks, you know we've got governments now that are putting more scrutiny on how we handle consumer data and where we store it and where we transmit it. You know, there's a lot of fines associated with some of these regulatory requirements, uh, GDPR being one. Uh, a few states here in the U.S. Uh, have their own uh, requirements now, and the fines are very lofty. And so, uh, when you look at things that this pandemic has kind of pushed forward. Um, Mobile payments, contactless payments, some of these things that retailers now are, are rolling out at what seems to be a light speed. Uh, they're collecting more consumer data, and that data is getting stored. And we want to provide loyalty to those customers so they come back. All of that data uh, that we're storing about those consumers is under continued uh, regulatory scrutiny. And it's important that we protect that data, uh, protect those assets, and understand the risks involved. Of that data getting loose into the wild uh, in the hands of attackers,
2: um, and with that, Chris, I'll hand it back to you. Great, thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. And Kiana, I think that's really you know the the message that we wanted to bring today is just talking about the the change that we've seen in digital transformation, really the acceleration of that digital transformation due to uh, you know COVID nineteen and our global pandemic, and how that has changed the landscape um, of our of our security needs.
0: Right. Well, thank you so much for that discussion. Would you guys like to talk maybe a little bit about uh, some of the specific product offerings that PDI can offer to retailers, whether it be compliance based or security based itself? We've got a little time. So if you wanted to do that, uh, you're welcome to.
2: No, I think that would be great. You know, Cliff and Mark, uh, you know, given um, some of your expertise in this area, I think I will uh, maybe let you talk a little bit, uh, Cliff, about our, our network security and then. Um, Mark, maybe we can talk a bit about our, our managed detection uh, response uh, service that we offer.
1: Great, uh, thank you, Chris. The newest uh, you, know, you know PDI uh, you know security platform that uh, you know we're deploying uh, is based on what used to be the Cybera technology, uh, you know that uh, PDI recently acquired. But really, it's a it's a platform that starts with putting an appliance, uh, you know, on premise. It's a proprietary appliance with the uh, you know proprietary PDI technology. And, um, you know, and with that appliance, we were able to provide the segmentation capabilities that Mark mentioned, along with, you know, a rich you know set of firewall and other threat management capabilities. Um, importantly, though, it's not just an appliance with our service. It's actually connected to cloud services that provide even more advanced, uh, you know, security protections. And those are hosted in data centers all, uh, you know, all over the world. And so it's it's really that combination of both the appliance plus, you know, more advanced cloud services, uh, and then also being all managed and delivered as a comprehensive end-to-end service that's really made it a good fit for, uh, you know, the, the CSP buyers. And then, Mark, do you want to talk a little bit about some of those cloud uh, security services?
3: Sure. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate it. So uh, the platform that, uh, that Cliff's speaking about it uh, can be oscillated all the way down to uh, single applications uh, and isolating those off uh, away from other applications on the network, which is uh, very important in building those zones I was talking about earlier. And so with our managed detection and response uh, unit, we have a security operations center that uh, monitors uh, the traffic from both the network. And we also get down a little deeper into the application side. And so we can deploy endpoint security using machine learning and some artificial intelligence to to really block attacks uh, on PCs and servers before, before they can happen. And so it's important that you that you take a look at what you're doing for antivirus, anti-malware, and anti-ransomware. Uh, legacy antivirus that looks at signatures uh, typically won't stop a more sophisticated attack, uh, some of the attacks that we see uh, occurring these days. So those legacy applications uh, and antivirus kind of look at threats that we've known to be out there for some time. Uh, What's happening these days is attackers are are really building software specifically for an individual attack. Uh, And because of that, traditional antivirus won't detect it. And so you have to have some type of endpoint security that can detect the behavior of what's going on in that environment and on that uh, particular machine in order to stop those types of attacks. So the endpoint security may allow an application to run to a certain point, but then when it tries to access network resources or something that looks a little bit devious, um, it can stop that from actually continuing to occur. And then, of course, the SOC has oversight on that. So um, when they see a threat that's identified uh, as an actual real threat and not a false positive, then they're able to isolate that device away from other assets to prevent the spread uh, of potential attack and then start investigating uh, with that machine and the user at that location Uh, to make sure it's either a false positive or that they've got it isolated and that they can get the machine cleaned up uh, and handed back to the network. And so those are some of the things we do, uh, getting way down deep into beyond the network uh, and into the actual machine-based security.
0: Well, Chris, Cliff, Mark, thank you so much for that discussion. It's certainly a brave new world that we're moving into, and these conversations relating to cloud security and compliance are becoming more and more pertinent to organizations as they move forward with their digitization journey. I'd also like to thank you all for your support of Petroforum Focus APAC taking place online on the 25th of February. We feel really proud of our partnership at the event, particularly as it means that we at OpenRoom can help to disseminate this valuable information to convenience and fuel retailers globally. So my thanks once again to all of you and we hope that you've enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Keanu. Thank you for tuning in to Open Room Talks. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode. For inquiries, please feel free to get in touch via email on hello at openroomevents.com. For details on future episodes, please follow us on LinkedIn or visit openroomevents.com. Until next time.